This morning, we are wrapping up this series on the book of Psalms. Uh, we've been through so many different Psalms this summer. Uh, we had different people sharing. We had Josh and Michael and Jim all, all preached a message. Um, and we started with Psalm 1, and I want to end with Psalm 150 this morning. We're going to end with the end. Um, and if you have a Bible and you want to turn there, uh, that's, that's great. We're going to read through it together in just a second. Um, maybe you don't know this, but the, the book of Psalms is actually five books. It's actually five collections of Psalms. Um, the first book is Psalms 1 through 41. And I just want to read you the last verse of, of every book. Uh, so you kind of get an idea. This is Psalm 41, 13. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Amen and amen. And then the second book would be 42 through 72. This is the last verse of 72. Blessed be his glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. Book 3 is 73 to 89. It says, Blessed be the Lord forever. Amen and amen. And then... Psalm 106, 48, blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. And let all the people say, amen, praise the Lord. Are you catching a pattern here? Okay. Every book begins or, or ends with this declaration of worship, of blessing to the Lord, of acknowledgement of who he is. And in fact, the entire Last chapter, the final psalm in this last collection of psalms, Psalm 150, is in the same spirit of the way that every one of these books ends. And so we're going to read it together this morning. And I'm going to ask you to do this. We don't normally do this, but we're mixing it up this morning. And you had to listen to announcements for like 15 minutes. So I'm going to have you stand together. And we're going to read this out loud together. Um, and if you have an, a Bible, I'm reading out of the ESV. We're going to put that on the screen as well. But would you read that with us? Verse 1. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with trumpet sound. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud crashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right, you may be seated. Okay, we're going to go through this line by line this morning and just learn some simple truths from this psalm. Listen, there's no hidden mysteries here. There's no commentaries that you need to fully understand what's being presented this morning. It's right in front of our faces as we read each line. It's clear instruction as to how God wants us to interact with him. It's David's uh, encouragement of, of how we're supposed to lift up the name of the Lord. Uh, and the first thing that we look at is that we're supposed to praise God in his sanctuary. That means you have to go to church, right? You have to be together with the people of God. Um, there's something about corporate worship that's special. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't spend time on your own worshiping the Lord. By all means, do that. I know some of you are car worshipers. I love 
seeing car worshipers on the highway because you just see them like they're just praising the Lord in their car. I just I absolutely love it when I see somebody doing that. Um, and, and maybe that is just how you love to connect with the Lord. That's wonderful. Maybe you'd like to just find a quiet place in your house and just have some quiet worship music on as you read your Bible in the morning. Um, and all of those things are good and meaningful, but Scripture's call to us is to worship the Lord together. It's to come together and worship the Lord. Um, now, I was talking to some of my friends who were pastors, and, and they were like asking, what does your church service look like? And I'm like, well, we generally spend the first 25, 30 minutes uh, in worship. And, and one of them just stared at me. He goes... That's a long time. That's, a, I mean, like, don't people get bored? Well, I don't know. Maybe they do, but I don't. <laughs> you know, we, we think that 30 minutes is a long time to spend in worship to the Lord. Um, listen, maybe you should shorten your message a little bit. You'll have more time to worship the Lord. Um, this is something that is so important and so critical. It's why we begin every service that way, that we're, we're expressing our worship to God because something happens when we worship God together, right? It's, it's an incredible and powerful experience when we gather together to worship the Lord. I was just, uh, I was just talking, I was just uh, at family camp this past summer and uh, the speaker there was, was Micah McDonald. He's done a lot of our youth camps, and he spoke at youth convention a couple of years ago. Um, he pe preached an incredibly powerful message the first night that we were there about the power of legacy. And he said that one of the most important indicators of the spiritual health of your family is whether you get them to church every single week or not. Uh, he shared the story of when his parents got divorced, and his mom decided after all these years, that they were going to go to church as a family. And she pulled in the parking lot, and Micah refused to go into church. He said that he got out from his seat and crawled under the seat in his minivan and hid under the seat and refused to go in the door. You know what his mom did? I just, I love this. She's like, she walked straight into that church, found one of the ushers who was a man, and said, could you go get my son out of the car? So the usher walked up to the car. He said, son, you need to come with me. <laughs> and brought him into church. And, and he fell in love with that church. And he fell in love with Jesus. And as a result, now he's traveling all around the world as an evangelist. Uh, it's, an, it's just an incredible story of just this mom being obedient and, and saying, hey, listen, I'm going to make church a priority. And even though my kid is fighting me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a spiritual leader in that instance. Now, dad's. Are you listening right now? Right? You are the spiritual leaders of your family. Your wife can't bear the burden of spiritual leadership by herself, and it's your responsibility to take your family into the sanctuary for worship. It's your responsibility to lead your family in that way. And, and as men, we need to step up. We need to walk in that role that God has given to us. Now, in addition to that, there are a lot of families with, without a dad in the home. And, and listen, if you're a godly man and you're serving the Lord, you can, you can help one of these other families by, by kind of standing in the gap for, for that family that doesn't have a dad. Look for those opportunities to, to be a spiritual father to kids who maybe don't have a, 
healthy family situation or have a dad that's, that's filling that role for them. This is what the church is for. It's, it's part of the reason why it's so important that we gather together in the sanctuary and worship together. Second thing is that we worship, we praise God in his mighty heavens. Uh, now, I'm going to just say this. I, I know this doesn't sound like the most spiritual thing in the world, but, but one of the things that, that we need to do as believers is get outside every once in a while and just appreciate everything that God has designed and orchestrated. You know, last night we were driving home from a wedding and uh, we were heading back to, to Delano from uh, Baldwin, Wisconsin, and there was just this incredible sunset. I mean, it was just unbelievable. It was pink. It was just, just absolutely beautiful. And, and we were just like, our breath was taken away by how, how incredibly beautiful it was. And then uh, we picked up our kids and we kept driving. And I mean, this was 30 minutes later and it was a monsoon. I mean, rain was coming down in sheets. I could barely see the road. And you look at that and you're like, I mean, wow, God has designed this earth in such an incredible way. Like the, the, the power of his creation is just so evident in this moment that you can go from 30 minutes having just this incredibly peaceful, beautiful sunset to this raging storm that's happening right now. I remember the first time I saw the mountains. I, I mean the Rocky Mountains. They are an incredible sight. And the first time that, that you see them, you just can't help but just be like, wow, that is incredible. It takes your breath away. I remember the first time I saw the ocean and, and got to see just water that expanded farther than the eye could see, right? One of the most beautiful things that we can do is, is get outside and appreciate everything that God has created. Now, that doesn't mean that we worship creation, right? Creation is, is the work of a good creator. It points us to our Heavenly Father. It shows us his handiwork and his power. So we need to worship God in the sanctuary. We need to worship him in the heavens. Then it says that, that we need to praise him for his mighty deeds. What has God done in your life that you can give him praise for? What are those moments that you've had in your life where you've seen God's hand at work, where he's done something for you, where he's shown up in a way that you didn't expect him to? Listen, we all have those memories. We all have those moments in our life where, where God did something for us. I had a professor in college. He had a, a jar of stuff. His, his name is Dr. Watson. And I know that's an ironic name, but it, it, that was, he had this jar of just random stuff. And every once in a while, um, we would come into class and we would see the jar there. And that either meant one of two things, either that it was just going to be a, a fun day or that he didn't have time to prepare a lesson. And so this is what we were doing for class today. And uh, what he would do is he would tell one of us, come up to this jar and grab something out of there. And so, I mean, there was some weird stuff in there. And you reach down in the jar, you pull something out, and you'd hand it to him. And he would go and tell the story of God's faithfulness in his life of what that item represented. And so like there would be a key or there would be, I think there was like a, a, a mirror from a car. Or just different stories of how God had shown his faithfulness. And this was how they, they memorialized those moments and remembered him. And we need to praise God for what he's done in our lives. His faithfulness to us 
those moments where we needed help and God was there and he, he saved us and he set us free and he restored us. And, and those things are things that should be treasured and written down and passed on from generation to generation. We also need to praise God according to his greatness. That's who he is. That's his nature. Uh, here's another way of, of explaining this. This is what we do when we praise God when he doesn't do what we want him to do. Right? We praise God for his mighty deeds, for the times that he worked out. We could see his hand at work, and everything worked out great for us. But what about the times where things don't work out so great? Things don't go the way that we want them to go. Our expectations are, are set on something, and we feel disappointed as a result. Does that mean that God is any less worthy of our praise? Or rather, we praise him for his nature, for his character, for who he is. We praise him for his greatness because we know that his plans and his wisdom is higher than ours. That his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And then uh, it goes on and talks about a lot of different instruments. We praise God with the instruments. Um, with, and, and there's the strings and, and the lyre and some of these instruments we don't even have anymore. Uh, you know, I used to joke with people. I, I used to be a worship leader back in the day. And uh, I, I would get lots of opinions about worship music because... I mean, I know that nobody today has any opinions about, like, what songs we should sing or anything like that. But back then, people had thoughts. And uh, people would tell me, I, listen, I don't really like the music that you do. The drums are too loud. The, the guitars are too loud. All the music today, the theology is all terrible in it. And, uh, you know, what we really need, what we really need is to hear the organ more. And, and, and uh, I used to give him a hard time because I'm like, hey, if you read Psalm 150, there's a lot of instruments mentioned. There's the strings, that's the guitar. There's the cymbals, that's the drum. In fact, it says loud cymbals, so we should actually turn the drums up. The one thing it doesn't mention is the organ. Where's the organ in Psalm 150? Like, that is, that is not a biblical instrument of worship, right? <laughs> they didn't appreciate my humor. <laughs> Listen, Worship and music need to be integrated. It's important that we worship God through song. And you might think, well, that seems kind of strange in our world today. Like, nobody else does that. Have you ever been to a Vikings game before? Skull Vikings, let's win. What do you think that is? That's a worship song. Okay? <laughs> That's a prayer. Hey, leave the jokes to me, okay? <laughs> Listen, the Packers have the same thing. It's just they're less creative. Yeah, see? When we gather together, we should lift our voices in song to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We should lift our, our music to him through instruments, through whatever we have in an expression of worship. Um, and the most beautiful instrument that you have is your voice. The Lord designed it. He created us each with unique vocal cords. He put that voice inside of you. 
And whether you think it sounds good or not, the Lord loves to hear it. So we got to use it to lift him up and to praise him. Now, I know that not everybody has the same idea of, of uh, like what it means to be expressive in worship. And, and maybe your personality kind of leads you different ways in that or your upbringing or what you're used to in church. In fact, um, the other day in our board meeting, Ben made the joke, and I'm, pr- I'm probably going to mess this up. But he said something along the lines of, listen, I lift my hands in worship at least twice a year, whether I feel like it or not. <laughs> right? Like some of us are like, you know, like that's... This is, this is like getting real Pentecostal. We start tapping our feet. The Spirit is moving. Listen, whatever you have, give it. Okay? Give it in worship to the Lord because he's worthy of our praise. Uh, this psalm ends with this incredible verse. Many songs have been written using this phrase. It says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. I'm going to ask uh, Andrew and Nick to come, and, and, and we're going to sing another song in just a second, but I want to share a story with you, and, and I know that many of you will relate to this. Um, when we had our first child, when Kayla was born a little over 12 years ago, I remember bringing her home and thinking, this is the most fragile thing that I've ever seen in my entire life. How am I going to get her to, to grow up without breaking her? Right? Like, I, I just, there's no way that she's going to survive with as incompetent as I am as a, of a caregiver. <laughs> and uh, we all know after raising children, you understand that life is not nearly as fragile as you think it might be. But I remember watching her sleep at times and thinking, there is no way that she's alive right now. Right? Any parents have been there before? Right? And, and, and what you do, I, I know that some of you have done this, okay? You can just be honest and say that you, you've done it. You take your finger and you stick it right in front of their nose. Because if you feel the breath, you know they're still alive. So this morning, is your spirit alive? Is your spirit alive? Some of us, or maybe a little comatose. But Scripture's command is clear to us. Let everything that has breath. If anything is coming out of your mouth and nose this morning, if you're still breathing, as long as you have breath, then God deserves your praise. So whatever that looks like, whatever that expression is in your heart, Let's give it to him this morning. I want to give us one more opportunity to do that, to praise our king. As we end this series, as we wrap this up, we acknowledge what the psalmists wrote. We want to bless the Lord. We want to give him our praise because he deserves it, because he's worthy of our praise. Let's stand together. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning that you are worthy of all praise and all glory and all honor. And so today we give you what we have. Lord, as long as we have breath, we we lift our praise to you. Lord, as long as you've given us a voice, we give you our praise. So Lord, be honored in the praises of your people today. In Jesus' name, amen.